The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 264 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Voss, joined as always by the technical failure himself, Nick Pollock. That's so harsh. I'm so sad. What is happening? We weren't able to do the live stream. We had some technical so issues. Sad. We sounded like we were coming through a cheese grater. Uh, I really do kind of like the notion, by the way, that we start this podcast and it's just silence, and then I just scream what is up, and you don't know when it's going to happen. No. All right. Yeah. Um, we've got a lot to get to today. We're going to we're gonna jump up the energy. Pro- we're yeah, a little I, sad I'm here. So sorry. It's all right. I'm just like going through my head, like, what was it? What was the crackling audio about? We had the whole thing. We had all the lights. We had everything planned out. We look great. And I wore denim. You know, you did. I worked. You still are. Actually, you took it off. It's too hot in this room. It's too hot. It's too hot in the murder room. Today I die by heat exhaustion. (laughs) I made this for all of you. And I still we're so close. Next week. We are very close, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're also close. As friends. Yeah. Did you say mentally? Yeah, mentally. We're close close mentally, yes. We have the same mental proficiency. (laughs) Um, uh, It's going to be a regular, normal podcast. We're not going to be able to live stream. We're going to get to the live stream sooner or later because we want you guys to be able to enjoy watching this on YouTube. Maybe if that's your preferred methodology of listening to podcasts, we want to be able to support that. Yeah, you get to see also the the little mannerisms of both of us, right? Yes. It's it's fun. Yeah, our micro mannerisms. We don't move much. We move twice a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> That's it. And you have to spot one. Oh my god, that sounds amazing! It sounds like a, like a commercial on Rick and Morty or something like that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Try and find the two times yeah, where we're yeah. gonna move. It's uh, great. It is great. It would be we would be sweating insanely. <laughs> um, all right, before we get started, we obviously with the big question of the day is: uh, Well, uh, are you? You're pretty much gonna guarantee that Italy wins the Euro Cup. Well, of at this course, point. duh. Yeah, exactly. I'm not what, stupid fast. What did you think about the Denmark game today? I mean, I thought it was ridiculous. You did, yeah. What, what, yeah, yeah. Like, what was the craziest moment for you? About I that? mean, it's the one that everyone's thinking about. It is. It's they're not just talking about it; they're thinking about it. You know, Denmark with a huge win over Russia today, four oh, yeah. one, to get through to the next round. Very exciting. Uh, and the reason I bring it up is because Euro Cup is here, and if you want to talk Euro Cup, you don't have to do it uh, with other people. You can talk about it with us in our PL Plus Discord because we got right. soccer channels. We got 
baseball channels. We got star. We got channels about stocks. We got and, channels and about and, and food, food, video games, <laughs> and then we're going to Ohio. Um, we got a lot of great stuff there. Uh, you should obviously be checking out the First Pitch oh, Podcast man. each morning. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're yeah. on TikTok. Nick, you also have office hours where you're answering a bunch of questions. I, I do. When is that? Oh man, I I already had six hours today. So I, oh I was God. I was looking forward to actually having like a good full eight hours of live streaming today. Uh, but yeah, it's 9 to 11 every single weekday morning. Come on by twitch.tv slash pitcher list. And then also I do the list live for four hours, 12 to 4 on Monday. So I did it earlier today, but it helps so much. It really does. I got to say, like the chat asking all these questions really solidifies how I feel. You know, a lot of people doing rankings in the past thing. I think this guy is bigger than that, better than that guy or not. And you need someone to say... <laughs> You need someone to say, like, I think this is different for you to truly feel what you feel. Totally. You know? Everyone's taking my job, and I'm just worthless. Um, we also, like... Uh, Never say that again. You're looking at a camera that's Never. not on anymore. I know, but I got to practice. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> yes, it is great that you do that. You have things you can bounce. It, it, it helps solidify the list for sure. Yeah. I will say this. I was able to watch for a little while today, and I say this with all the love in my heart, but it absolutely cracks me up to see all the different ways you can um, say the answer, just check the list. Like, a lot of people are like, should I trade this guy for this guy? And you're like... Okay, well, let's see. Very nice of you to ask. Yeah. Just check the list. <laughs> and they're like, well, what would you? What should I get in return for this guy? And you're like, I have a list of people. <laughs> no, I mean, there are certain times when there were nuances. Okay, I'm in a points league or I'm in a totally. quality start league and I understand completely. Um, and there, I also understand that I make the list, but some people think, yeah, but like, and, you know, is this actually, if you had this guy and this guy? I'm like, yes, that's, that, this is the list if I were drafting today the order of which I would draft guys. There are certain scenarios that you can imagine. And you know, you have your draft list of pitchers. You found yourself drafting a, one guy over another one. Yeah. Because there are some some situations where, look, I've gotten so much upside before that I want more of a rock later on or vice versa, right? So it's not always just completely verbatim. It's a it's more like guidelines, you know? Yes. Like parlay, you know? Pirates code. Huh? Pirates code. You you saw Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I, 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 I don't know if I remember a thing about I, it. I okay. They they demand parlay, which is supposed to be a conversation. Like sure. ah, they're more like guidelines. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. You know, we watched this weekend again. Uh, Inside, uh, I, we watched it last weekend or two oh, weeks ago. We watched the Godfather so again, the first and the second one. We had a nice little. Uh, oh wow, that's a weekend. Uh, yeah, it, it that was. That is fun. the weekend. That is the weekend. The second one oddly Soundtrack longer than the, the first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We listened to the weekend and watched <laughs> the Godfather. We're not. You're not here to listen to us talk about pop culture. You don't care no. about this. We're with that. No. We're not cultured people. We're talk. We're going to talk about the list. That's what we're here mm. to talk about. And we're going to dive right in now that we've gotten through all the Euro Cup stuff. And we're going to start with the guy who is once again number one. He's returned. He's pitching right now. Last we checked, he had not given up a hit. Right? Uh, he, well, it was split. Yeah. What do you mean split? A banana split. That's what we call it. It's a banana mm-hmm. it is, what, is what a no-hitter is to the PL Plus community. Okay. And then when it has been broken, it's a split. There you go. So he had the banana split, split yeah. in like the Golden fifth. banana would be a perfect game. <laughs> You all must be stopped. Fast, um, you are a part of this community. I am not saying I'm not a part of that. I must be stopped as well. Okay. I'm a monster. All right. All right. Kristen took a photo of me this weekend in a David Bowie shirt with my David Bowie tattoo and a David Bowie tote. I don't deserve to be here anymore. That's, that's the absolute opposite <laughs> takeaway that I would have. Let's, it's a ridiculous photo. I want to jump into this list. I, I want to start with, with, with Jacob DeGrom, who we were just talking about. And listen, we're not going to waste time talking to you about his dominance, his 
ERA plus is over 700 right now. Is That's it now over 700 it's because of the eight strikeouts and nine batters that he had last time? 734. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. Oh, my God. So what I, what I want your opinion on, and this yeah. is more of a subjective thing, and we're, of course, going to get to the rankings and the list and everything. If you're the Mets, mm-hmm. are you resting him another week or so? Are you? I mean, like, he, he goes to the doctor. They say, we think he's fine, that they want, like, another opinion or something like that. There's a lot of... You know, uh, hesitancy. I, I was around shocked there. that they didn't. Okay. But he's shocked that they didn't what? They'd bring him to a doctor and let him rest. Okay. I mean, obviously they brought him to a doctor, but like say, you know, it's fine. That's two different starts and two different issues. Yeah. And they're going to let him pitch still. And they do, they are. I mean, he's pitching today. He is, and he, and he's dominant. And I'm not saying that that you know that it, it's going to affect how he's pitching. It clearly hasn't, but. Uh, should they be handling him with kid gloves a little bit more, in your opinion? Or hey, he says he's fine. Let's 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 keep rolling with I it. I mean, yes, but I don't know everything, so I can't really say that. Yeah, it's a tough you know? question. It, for me personally, I'm like, let's just rest him another week. Give him another sure. week. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't right, hurt. Right. It's a little bit earlier on. We want him at the end of the season. Oh, we completely forgot before we even move. I, I didn't even say what what tier is this. I was waiting for. I apologize. Fast. I was I so was. excited to ask you the question. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the Hercules tier. <laughs> See, I'm now I regret it because you pre-planned it. Well, no, 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 no. As we were doing this podcast, I was ready. Then I was you're thinking right. okay. like, okay, because he can go the distance. He hasn't yet. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, he uh, he's the golden boy, uh-huh. and he's not immortal yet. He hasn't he hasn't gone the perfect game or uh, no header yet, and we all know he should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's he's there. A, it's a Hercules tier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's That's a, he's fine. a god among men. So now you got to go right to tier two, which is oh no, I was I was really excited about the a, one, a mammoth of a tier yeah. this 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 week, and and I you know listen, I don't even think I should have to read these off to give you time. I mean, uh, but I have it though. Okay, great. What's what's tier two it, called? What's it called? The Oprah tier. The Oprah tier? Yeah, because you get tier two, and you, you get, get tier, tier two. two. Yes. So I'm not gonna I'm gonna spare you me reading off all these names because I believe there are 13 of them. Maybe. There are a lot. There's Derek Cole, you Darvish, Max Scherzer, Brandon Woodruff, Zach Wheeler, Lucas Giolito, Clayton Kershaw. Lance Lynn, Walker Bueller, Carlos Rodon, Kevin Gaussman, Trevor Bauer, and Corbin Mertz. There you go. Uh, so <laughs> it is the Oprah tier. Um, now, no movement inside the top six. Uh, yeah. Uh, excuse me, top six of this tier. Yes. So really top seven overall. Um, no, I was right, top six. There you uh, go. Which, which, which makes sense. It makes a good amount of sense. So then we're going to start with the first person who rises, and that's Lucas Giolito, who re-enters the top ten. A few questions for you. Any concerns about that ERA and FIP? He's yet to have a clean sheet, so no earned runs since his third start of the year. Mm. 3.09 uh, ERA, excuse me, 4.04 FIP in his last five starts with two of those coming against the Tigers. Another coming against the Orioles. It's not like he's really dominated the competition. You know, the strikeout's obviously really nice, but here he is rising three spots, so... Any, any, what, what are the concerns there? Well, okay, so he's gone six innings uh, across in each of his last seven starts. Uh, we had that moment where we were really concerned about Giolito, and that's way behind us now. Uh, essentially, Giolito is the rock that we thought he was at this point. Uh, I had him at six in the preseason, and I really don't see anything different of him now um, than we will later on. He has over 100 pitches in each of his last four starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that volume. He's going to be. Likely around seven plus strikeouts per game here. Uh, he plays for a winning ball club, and actually his spin rates went up in the last start, That's which is pretty encouraging. When we have a lot of questions about which guys are going to be affected by by the the sticky rules and everything, and Gloopgate, <laughs> and I can't help but ignore the fact that Giolito is likely going to have more innings than a lot of the guys below him. And between him and Kershaw, Kershaw's having some question marks at the moment. I feel like Giolito is past his adversity, and he's gonna. 
Yeah, he's going to succeed after this. Were these spin rates like actual noticeable spin rates, or it was no, just no? It was just it was like... just a little bit more. It was like, look, every single time now looking at an ace, I'm just thinking to myself, like, are they changing? Uh, is it going down dramatically or not? I mean, that, that's just like the most obvious thing. Like, you know, we have uh, Corbin Burns dropping over 150. Yeah, uh, and that's okay. That's a noticeable thing. But if it's like 50 or so, that's natural. Doesn't matter. Yeah, right. But actually, it was slightly increased. I was like. Great. Okay, I don't have any concerns about Giolito fading. And the other guys, well, I mean, there was some concern about Kershaw dropping a little. Uh, and not to mention, I, I the point still stands with the Kershaw that we don't expect 200 innings, right? And we've been very fortunate not to consider Kershaw missing any time so far. Now, that's always been this thing for the past five years or so, and I think that Giolito is a is a safer bet to get more volume. Yeah, that makes yeah, that, that's 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 a, a very valid reason. I guess I'm, I guess that FIP just kind of concerns me. I, I guess when I that. see like those starts against Detroit and Baltimore, I want him to like dominate. I want him to be that guy that I fully trust. And it's not like the lines are bad by any stretch sure. of the imagination. I'm over exaggerating I mean, that a little bit. Against Baltimore, he had total strikeouts and one earned run in seven innings. And yeah, and then, but what about whip. the Tigers next? Sure, he still had nine strikeouts in that game and a one whip. Yeah, the strikeouts are there. The strikeouts are there for sure. But I guess because of the earlier, because of what he looks like earlier on in the season, mm-hmm. I'm just a little bit afraid. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's past it. I think he's fine. The changeup is back. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, change us back, baby. Yeah, that I actually can't do it like you. I, I try every time, <laughs> but I just can't. That had a noticeable jump in, in spin rate. That was like the highest spin rate of the year for him, which is really kind of bizarre. Good. Yeah, do you I want that. I, I don't. Think I don't so. know. I don't think it. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. I don't. I guess it's on a case by case basis. I just thought it was mm. kind of bizarre. Yeah. Uh, sticking with this tier, a guy that listen, I actually don't think we've talked about much at all, and that's Walker Ooh. Bueller, who rises into the top ten. Does that eleven K game mean that we can expect better of Bueller moving forward, or is he taking advantage? of the worst team in baseball currently in the Diamondbacks. Okay, so uh, Walker Bueller is there. I don't, I don't really know if it's because he's that much different. I don't, I don't think I even touched him. I think I actually just pulled down Shane Bieber, uh, who left the list this week. So did Tyler Glasnow. Actually, Glasnow is probably the one that I was ahead of Bueller, and that's the only reason why uh, Bueller jumped up. But the 11 strikeout game, I don't think is actually something to buy into. He has a noticeable drop in spin rate with his four-seamer. Mm. I will say the secondaries did improve, finally. I mean, this has been a season of Bueller being just fastball heavy and the secondary is not doing a whole lot. At least we saw a little bit from that secondary stuff in his last game. That's good. He had a banana th- split in the eighth inning. <laughs> yes, uh, he did. Against the Diamondbacks. He did. Uh, but uh, I don't really think that he's going to be a double-digit strikeout guy now. I think he's it's fine. He can be a, a good volume guy at a 7-8 per game or so, and that's cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess I should reiterate, too, and we're talking about guys who are in the top 20 here. We're we're almost nitpicking one category, right? We're going to say, like, well, oh, right. well, he's providing three, or he's, uh, yeah, for a five-by-five league, he's providing three because we're not talking about saves. And was it what is it about that one category? Is he going to get there? And that's kind of how we feel about Walker sure. Bueller right now, right? Yeah, exactly. He's probably not going to get those Ks consistently. Well, I mean, still, he's going to throw enough innings that it's you're going to see a 25, to, you know, to maybe a 30% strikeout rate. As opposed to like the 30 to 35 that we're getting used to from guys. Sure. So if it's like a 26%, well, he's still going to get 180 innings. Yeah. And that's going to be good. It is weird to see that the, the K rate right now is the lowest of his career. Yeah, it's like 22 or something. Yeah, right? it's not great. Yeah. Although the swinging strike rate, I don't think, is drastically different. I think it's slightly down from last year, but overall it's not sure, yeah. it, not terribly down. Um, so we go next from a rather large tier to a kind of bizarre little mini tier here with just four names. So what's it called and why is it called that? It is Trevor Rogers, Freddie Peralta, Framber Valdez, Max Freed. Oh, man. I, I feel like this is... Um... <laughs> I have this vision. I'm, oh, God. I'm, I'm going to call it the orphanage because we have like the older caretaker who's the boring one. And then you have like three like kids who are just so excited to do good things. 
And then you're wondering, who's the old one? Well, Max Fried is the boring one. And then you have, like, Framber Valdez, who's, like, now three straight games of seven straight innings pitch. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he's an ace. You have Trevor Rogers, who's just dominating Freddie Peralta. who's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then Freed is kind of like, all right, let me tell you how it's done. <laughs> Isn't he, like, one of the he's younger like, I know, he's kind of young. But it's, 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 it's how they're pitching. Just is more of, like, a seasoned vet than it is like I'm going to throw my fastball and you're going to try to hit it you know well, yeah I call this right, voice I call this tier of voices because we've already gotten <laughs> I think three distinct ones uh, uh, here so far I like fastballs inside corner <laughs> yeah, that's good job Trevor Rogers <laughs> maybe I'll get my change up in there Valdez you're killing uh, oh, it no this is brutal uh, so <laughs> you, you brought up Framber Valdez he cracks the top 20 I believe this is his yeah it has to be it's his highest spot of the year he rises 9 up to 16 so I will say though is there any concern Concern. Once again, we're nitpicking one particular category. This, in, in when we're in the top twenty here, any particular concern about the lack of strikeouts in these past yeah, two it's, starts? Yeah, it's not great, but it's also uh, I think there's something to be said about uh, how, like, when when you're doing these lists and how you're starting guys. And like, look, when you when you grab Framber Valdez, are you thinking to yourself right now after he's dominated the Red Sox and he's done well against the White Sox and everything? It's like you're not not starting him. You mm-hmm. feel good when he starts. And that's that's a huge thing that I think we should be taking into consideration when it comes to the list is just, yeah, this guy is going to be dominant for me. And sure, you know, we've had a game of two strikeouts involved, five strikeouts, but it was also 10 and 8. Mm. You know, he had two, two of those starts against the Red Sox and it was Minnesota and, and the White Sox. And now, guess what? The Astros have a fantastic schedule. Tigers, Orioles. And I think I may have undervalued uh, one or two Astros guys because of that, or I had not, not taken into consideration the schedule is what I should say. But I love the fact that also the 16% changeups all of a sudden from Valdez, and it's been an effective yeah. pitch for him. Uh, we're talking like a 52% zone rate on it, uh, which is kind of shocking, but he's getting strikes at nearly a 68% rate. That's really good. I'm, I'm cool with that as a third pitch that can all of a sudden just show up on a given day. Actually, I think in one of these starts, it was more thrown than his curveball, mm. which is a fantastic offering. I mean, we're talking 35% CSW on that curveball. It's exactly what it was last year. Even better in the batting average against at 0.91 so far. As opposed to the 118. Yeah, yeah, that's the batting average allowed on his curveball so far. So, Framber Valdez is a, he's kind of doing exactly what I didn't think he was going to do. Remember him in the preseason? I was like, ah, Framber Valdez, put him in like the 40s or something. He's probably a mix of this 2019, 2020 self. Nope. <laughs> not even close. I mean, I, and I'm not blind to it. I'm like, oh, you're actually, yeah, you're, no, okay, yep, up, up the list you go. I gave him the ace is going to ace tag. I actually didn't even think I said last week on this podcast, I'll wait two more starts. Yeah. And he was just so good against the White Sox. Like, I'm not going to wait. This is this is kind of interesting. Uh, I was uh, looking up something pretty quickly about Framber Valdez. And, uh, you know, I hate to caveat like this, but like. What? Fast? Uh, what are you doing to me? <laughs> when you look up swing strike rate, like, it, it has to be taken with a great assault in terms of how exact it is, right? Because you go to Fangraphs, it's a little bit different. You go to Baseball Savant, it's a little bit different. Either way, uh, Framber Valdez has a about a 24% swinging strike rate on that curveball, which is absolutely insane. It's actually top four in baseball right now. What I want to know from you is two pitchers have yeah. thrown more than 100 curveballs this year. This year. Yeah. And they have, according to Baseball Savant, a 30% or higher swinging strike rate. It's 30.1% and 30.2%. So not much greater than 30, but still over 30 is insane. So who have the two best curveballs in baseball by swinging strike rate? I'll give you a little bit of a hint because this is a wide field. One is a starting pitcher. The other one has been predominantly a starting pitcher, but also has been used in relief. Okay, Alex Reyes. No. Oh. Mostly as a starting pitcher. Mostly as this year. 
Oh, I see. He's gone between the two. Yes. He's oh come now. God. He's hit the IL, and then he's coming out of the pen, but he's also started, and who okay, knows? Okay, so Jesus Lazardo. Very good. Number okay. one, 30.2%. The other wow, guy. really? That high of a swing strike rate? 30.2%. And he couldn't figure it out. Unbelievable. Oh, man. I'm trying to think. I mean, okay, so the obvious one is normally Aaron Nola. But yeah, but he stinks now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, he doesn't. We'll get to that. Yeah. But, he, I mean, he's not doing well at the moment. But you're, you're not far off. In terms, you know, when you think of dominant curveballs, this guy is in there. Okay. I uh, I mean, it was Shane Bieber, but, uh, oh, man. I'll, I'll give you another big hint. Uh, I should get this, though. probably won't see him a lot for the rest of the season. I... Uh, Oh God, that's just sad. Now I'm just like so. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's so many guys that are hurt fast. I know. Right, who I know, is it? Just say who Tyler Glass now. Oh yeah, yeah duh. I know because now we think like, oh, he's a slider boy. Yeah. Um, well, I just, it's just, yeah, I just don't really. When I think of Tyler Glass now, I just think of chaos. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just like where's it going? Yeah. Okay. You great. know, and it's like all all over the place and stuff like that. And I don't. I just think of overwhelming just stuff and blah. And then it's like a vomit of. Of stuff, I, I do not want to be what vomit is in your head when you think of di- it's just chaos and vomit. Yeah, that's a kind of that's a fun thing of like no, it's no, not. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let me tell you what the fun thing is. The fun thing, I, I I find joy in like we have certain ways of thinking about things that we're not aware of how we actually think of it and being abnormal. So then, if you can find the words to showcase like how we internalize stuff, it's expression and it's I don't know. So, like, for me, it's like, that's it. I just thought like, the notion that you're like, it's fun. And in your head, it's like, <laughs> just vomiting in chaos. It is, though. Right, okay, no, come no. on, okay, stop. Fa- got a podcast here. Fast. What? Okay. How do you visualize the days of the week? When I say, like. What is happening here? <laughs> I'm trying to get us back on track. No, hold People on. Turn this off 30 already. seconds. Give me 30 seconds. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so, like, how do you. Okay, when you think, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yes. Sunday. Right? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> How are you visualizing that? Is it like a calendar on the wall? Mm-hmm. Is it something else? Like how do you how do you see that in your head? That's funny. I, I guess I just visualized the words. I didn't see. I didn't picture a calendar. Okay. I just visualized the words. So when you think of like, okay, cool, we're gonna do something on Saturday. Yeah, I I I I, I go blank. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I literally see like a three D like a like a uh, like a band mm-hmm. of like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday are kind of like behind my head. Wow. And then it's like that's like a 3D thing of like how I, I navigate the week. Yeah. Where did Tyler Glasnow come in in any <laughs> well, of this? this? Is just the expression of like how I feel about Tyler Glasnow. I don't think that it's abnormal, but all of a sudden it is because it's just a vomit of stuff. This is very interesting. It also harkens back to a conversation Christian yeah. and I have all the time about how we visualize things, how we think about yeah. things. Some people just hear it. Some people see it. Some people right. see an image. It's Anyway, we're going to move into Sheer so 4. Sorry, I'll, I apparently yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Nick Pollock. Hi. I did my Alex best, guys. <laughs> I did my best to get it back on track, and now I'm really going to do it. We're going to move now on to tier four. What is it called? Oh, God. What, okay. Yeah, what, who is in it? So the people in tier four this is a little bit larger. Robbie Ray, Julio Urias, Sandy Alcantara, Hyunjin Ryu, mm-hmm. Joe Musgrove, Pablo Lopez, oh, Marcus yeah. Stroman, Tyler Molly. This is this is uh, <laughs> the dream boats. Okay. Because they're just... Okay, I mean, oh, it's Robbie cool. Ray. Oh, I want to watch him every single time. Urias with that new curveball. Oh, my God. So much with Sandy Alcantara. He's throwing 99 on the black. This is amazing. Hyunjin Ryu, he just gets it done. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Actually, his changeup has actually been a little bit worse lately, but whatever. I uh, Joe Musgrove, I mean, come on, Joe Musgrove, it's just Joe Musgrove. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Pablo Lopez, we love that. T- Marcus Stroman, oh, I mean, this it's just you watch just him pitch. swag yeah, alone. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yep. And then Tyler Molly, like what he does with the Blake Snell blueprint of throwing four seamers 
on the edges, no problem. This nasty slider and just gets strikeouts. Like, what's up? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Great. So what Dream I want to what I want to do, and I guess I'm realizing this with a lot of the notes that I took today. I want to try and provide a lot of uh, people listening who want to play devil's advocate to you. Okay? Oh yeah, right? Julio Urias. Great. Rises yeah. three to twenty. Four consecutive games with exactly five strikeouts after striking out the best team in baseball on the Giants ten times. It seems like lost the feel for that curveball for a few games as the swinging strike rate took a pretty considerable nosedive, but it came back with a vengeance in this most recent start. What are you what are you thinking? So essentially what happened in tier four is uh so remember, Bieber and Glasnow are gone. Yes. So an eight plus two to everybody here. Okay. Okay, so it's just plus one. And that really is just Hyunjin Ryu, who I felt had to fall. Okay. That's all that happened here. I'm, I'm not touching Urias. I didn't really feel that Alcantara deserved it yet. He's getting the Jays. So he didn't deserve the move up. A Musgrove hasn't quite unlocked it yet. Pablo Lopez is just really one, two pitch of fastball changeup still, even though his cutter has been somewhat effective. It doesn't give me confidence that when one of those pitches are out, he'll still survive. It's this constant problem with Pablo Lopez, sadly. Marcus Strom, does he truly have a whiff pitch? Is he really going to be that I guy? I think so. I think the splitter is. I hope yeah. it is, but uh, uh, it's a splitter. And then Tyler Molly, we saw him go through a period before. He isn't one to go necessarily super deep all the time. So okay. all these guys have their things that made me not want to push them up. So I just didn't really touch it, save for lowering Ryu, uh, because his changeup, even though he had a nice start before, it's weird to see, like, oh, he had these three bad starts, then all of a sudden recover. Nick, why is he negative two? Yeah. Changeup was still bad, and he didn't go in the bottom of the zone at all. And that's, okay. that's an issue for me. I think that's something that is still a problem for Ryu. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, some other points there. The strikeout's taking a considerable nosedive. He has 11 Ks in his past 25 innings. That's Ryu? Yeah. My lord. 11, Paddock had 11 Ks in his last start. Yeah, he's he taking did. Ryu 25 innings oh, yeah. to do that. That was a funny thing. We'll talk about that later. We will. I'm excited to talk about him. Yeah. Uh, the whip really, it trended a little bit in the wrong direction for you. And also, listen, you're not, you're not picking up Ryu because you're hoping for 10, 11 strikeouts per game. But when you're talking about 11 Ks over 25, innings yeah really really poor uh, but you make some great points about that changeup. you want to know uh you want to know the uh the csw on julio Arias's curveball right now uh, uh let me guess 38 percent, 39 look at you let's go look at you that's very that good was, that was like a coyote yeah that was guttural yeah. almost yeah um yeah. that's amazing <laughs> it's really really good it i is- don't think that really changes too much from from Arias. like i i think this stuff is just too good right now and he's gonna get out of this yeah i i i it was just bizarre to me to see four consecutive I five strikes with, with that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like he's singing in the subway ad, just over and over again. Five, uh, f- yeah, five. five. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah. going to do the rest of it. I'm not going to give him any more. You okay. got to pay me. That makes sense. Um, so <laughs> the last person I do want to talk about, you hinted at a little bit. Tyler Molly rises three to twenty six. It's sort of shocking to me that Molly doesn't have a he doesn't have a single pitch with a swinging strike rate over nineteen percent, but. On the other end of things, he doesn't have a single pitch with a swinging strike rate below ten percent. Mm. It's all inside. It's all very tight knit. So you're saying that he's been succeeding a lot with this kind of Blake Snell blueprint? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he, uh, Molly's best skill, which he lost for about three starts or so, was four seamers at the top of the zone, and I mean like in the shadow zone at the mm. top of the zone, yeah, super well. And then once he started, uh, if you guys remember Tyler Molly and how he ascended and all that kind of stuff. What got us excited was, yes, he was doing this, but he had nothing else, and he was searching. Mm. He was using curveballs. He was trying to do the splitter. He was trying to do all this stuff. Eventually, he learned a slider that worked a little bit, and then it worked a lot. Yeah. And now it's just fastball slider pretty much all the time, and he's getting the pitch down. He's getting some whiffs on it, and now it's coming together well for him. Now, it does mean he's a little bit inefficient because it's not really an approach that uh, speaks to getting quick outs often. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of six innings, and that's okay. Uh, you have one seven-inning start, which is really nice. You have the last three have actually been seven six six, which is really good. But before that, it was five and five point one and two and so on. And 
I think that's kind of going to be the back and forth uh, for for Tyler Molly here. That makes sense. Uh, the next guy, well, I want to move into, uh, to the next tier, actually, into tier five. So before I get into the next guy, I wanted to talk about what is it called and why is it called that? Who's in it? Country of origin? Uh, <laughs> that's a big one. Uh, Mania Lamette, Gallon Kikuchi, McCullers, Anderson, Otani, Morton, and Barrios. I want to say it's like the uh, the Spelling Bee Championships. Okay. Which are, are currently happening. Are they? Yes. I'm not joking, yes. I'm only saying this because I asked for country of origin. No, I, I thought of like, a, it's a group of kids who we all want to succeed, mm. you know, but we know that not all of them will. Oh, that's yeah. ominous. So that's interesting because you only have one faller here. Yeah, that is uh, Ian Anderson just kind of was there, you know. I was like, all right, I didn't actually do anything to him. It was more of Lance McCullers need to go up because he had more innings. You say Kikuchi's been just so good. Zach Gallen showed up, so there it goes. And plus two turns into plus one innately for everybody. Danielson Lamette needed to go up because he's been doing so well. And then there's Sean Mania at the top, who has been ridiculous. Did you realize his last start fast? Yeah. Uh, what pitches does he throw? Uh, uh, Sinker changeup. And is there anything else that he throws? Uh, I can't remember. It's, it's a curveball. Curveball, yeah. I thought he didn't throw it at all in the last say. start. He just went Sinker changeup yeah, again? Yeah, that's it. And he threw 91 miles per hour last year, actually 90. And it was 93.2. Uh, yeah, ridiculous. He had 11 strikeouts. Yeah, against the Yankees, it's right? Crazy, but it wasn't six innings. He still because those two pitches, he wasn't quite refined within getting strikes with all everything. But whatever, who cares? 11 strikeouts under six and in- right about six innings. Yeah, cool stuff from in the night. last 30 days, top 10 FIP. Shamanaya coming yeah. in at number nine. Yeah, that, the big problem we've seen over the years is longevity. Mm. Um, he do- isn't known for going 200 innings or so. The Athletics are going to let him go the entire year, though. He had back. He had three consecutive games over 100 pitches, back to back 111 pitch games. That's amazing. <laughs> and yeah, and he still doesn't like. I guess what I'm gonna say is he's injured a lot in his history. Mm. So I hope that he can be okay with this stamina. It, I mean, to see his velocity go up, and he's getting whiffs now on changeups. And essentially, when Manai gets whiffs on changeups, it's a good day. Yeah, it's a good day. Yeah, he's kind of had a weird kind of back and forth CSW too, where we've seen a lot of peaks and valleys. It's leveled out at about thirty percent, which is career, or excuse me, career average, which is league average. So that's good to see as well. Uh, the next guy that I wanted to talk about is a guy who is returning to the list. You must be very happy oh to welcome God. back at number twenty nine, Zach Gallon. Oh man, it's so nice to see him. Did you? We had no idea what was. Yeah, like he threw a forty five pitch simulation game, simulated game, simulation game. He actually just played uh, missile show. command instead. <laughs> But I, uh, but no, Gallon showed up and he threw 58 pitches against the Giants, and people are gonna say, "Wait, well, it didn't do well. It wasn't a good result." Yes, he didn't have the feel of his secondary pitches, which is generally the thing that comes last when you're doing this rehab stuff. <laughs> yeah. So look, I, I I think we all understand that once Gallon is stretched out, he's top 20, maybe even top 15 in this climate. Uh, but he's not there yet. So every week, I expect to be increasing him up, even if he doesn't do exceptionally well next time. You likely will push up Gallon, but you'll see him higher up. Because he'll be closer to 80 pitches than 85 and so on and so forth. He's at 58 now. Uh, I imagine probably 75 for his next start, something like that, maybe 70. Uh, but this is, you know, again, this list is me drafting today. Mm. If you're telling me, okay, you need to wait one more start or so before you get true gallons, sure, I'm drafting that easily. Yep. Uh, another guy I want to talk about, I mean, it, it feels like I'm once again trying to hit on guys that we haven't really talked about frequently. It's a guy that we talked about a lot in the preseason, haven't talked about much this season. That's Jose Barrios, who rises two spots to number 35. He's been, he's been aside from one kind of blip against the Royals of all teams, he's been pretty consistent. It's, it's Jose Barrios. Like, nothing <laughs> has changed. It's 359 ERA, 110 whip, right? Which actually are both highs. 
which are in the best way. Like you don't, you know, it's a low ERA and a low WHIP. Mm-hmm. But I mean, oh, career highs. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. But it's, I mean, you know, the career high before was a one fourteen WHIP, which is kind of what we expected this year. Yeah, three six and change before, which is kind of what we're getting now. I mean, yeah, it's it's Jose Barrios high. He does have a slightly higher strikeout rate. It's at twenty five percent right now. Yeah, which is great. But, career high. But that's also, I mean, is that really any different? I think everybody else is also seeing an increase in strikeouts right across the league, so it's not really like this yeah. big change or anything. It's a like one tick higher than the career uh, mark for him, so eh. or career high, I should say, prior for Brios. Yeah, but the, the career high was set, uh, I think, no, it wasn't set last year. It was set in 2018. It's nice to see the 25 stick considering he kind of flirted with that and then he regressed in 2019, although you could theoretically say that that 10.4% swing strike rate would indicate that maybe it is a little bit more smoke and mirrors than we want mean, to believe. It's just, it's, this is Jose Brios. You know, I've had this conversation, I think, about, I don't know, 10 times in three years. Yeah. Like, hey, so Jose Brios, is this the thing? I'm like, it's Jose Brios. I know, but listen, we might be writing him off. 3.58 FIP is a career best. The, that's uh, the same as the, that's Jose Brios. 3.58 FIP? No, it's last year was a four. Other years is no, no, a three, yeah, nine. But yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like, let's say he pitches to a 3.58 then, right? That would that's, be a career best ERA. I know, by like .05. Like the difference to me between a... Three six eight ERA and a three five eight is Isn't nothing. It? Yeah, that's fine. That's yeah, but the three point six eight two was something he did in one year. He's usually like a th- high f- high three low four I, ERA. I, I think in the preseason. I mean, essentially, if you're saying like, okay, what do we like generally expect from Rios? It's probably like a three six five three seven ERA with like a one fifteen or maybe one seventeen WHIP or something like that. Sure. You know, the WHIP is better this year. That's one one thing I'll say. Okay, this is actually a step up, but I mean that can just change next time, and it could easily. It, it's just. Look, Barrios is solid. He's a nice rock for you. He's not going to be the ace that you've always dreamed of. And that's fine. And that's you know, it's what we're going to get. The curveball has never turned into the massive whiff pitch. It just isn't that. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. It's uh, The swing strike rate is about where it was a couple years ago. So you're right in the fact that it's not uh, overly excelling. It's not like, oh, my God, wow, he really took the final step forward. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's just everything just normalizes with Barrios. Every, like, that's here we are. nice. I know. That's a nice, stable thing to have. Yep, there he is at 35. Uh, we're going to move into the next year. Just four guys, Kyle Gibson, Aaron Nola, Taiwan Walker, and Chris Bassett. Ty- Aaron Nola falling 20 spots, number 37. Okay, this is the, um, I want to call it like the animates here. Okay. Because, I, well, maybe like just, just some like standard uh, like animated show where like there's the uh, the trope of like the cool kids hanging out with the three nerds or something. All of them has sure. to be like one, you know. Oh my god, hey guys, I I gotta do the project. With yeah, you, but you know? then he actually learns that the nerds are actually the cool kids. Exactly. But that's not a good thing because no. then he stays with them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, along the way, then actually the nerds become cool. Oh, and they all rise up. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Gibson, top yeah, twenty, baby. Is. Here he comes. <laughs> so yeah, it's Kyle Gibson, Walker, Tywin Walker, and Chris Bassett, who are not the the you know the sexiest names you'll ever hear. But then sure. there's Aaron Nola, who's all of a sudden grouped with them. So yeah, Aaron Nola. I mean. I mean, like, so talk me through your logic of him falling 20. Obviously, this Giants start was a mess. Just a mess. So he, I mean, okay, so this is the argument I've been giving in previous weeks because I had refused to drop Nola. And essentially, I said to myself, okay, he had a really rough schedule. He had never really figured it out. We we talked about, like, the the flaws of his repertoire and certain things were doing well and certain certain weren't. I find, by the way, the way I say repertoire, it's like repertoire. You know, I'm like I can't, I can't help myself fast. I, just I prefer it. that way because I go repertoire, and, Re- I, and repertoire. I don't like that. You know, repertoire, repertoire, repertoire. Yes. repertoire. repertoire. Right. Sounds like reptar now. Yeah. His arsenal uh, has been, uh, you know, some of those pitches have been good, but he hasn't really locked in with everything inside it, right? Yeah. And yeah, so I was thinking, okay, rough schedule at the end of it, 
fine. He'll have a much better schedule before. He just needs some time to lock into it. So finally, then he has a good start against the Yankees. I think, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Going to Oracle Park. Everything's going to be fine. And then he just relapses. And there's a phrase, you know, in like the, the finance market, like a dead cat. And I'm really sorry to say it, but essentially there's one bounce before he keeps going up. It's a terrible phrase. I've but never heard that before. Yeah, That's it's crazy. like, you know, you have a stock going down and then there's a brief moment up and then it goes down. Sure. Yeah. So sorry, everybody. But that's kind of what it felt like with that, where like you think, oh, it's coming back, and then it keeps going down. Aaron Ola is not in a good place right now, and while I don't think that he's always going to be, uh, it's it's a situation where, okay, we have over three months left. I If you want to make a good bet, it's probably about two months we'll see like good Aaron Ola, you know? Yeah. So that's a, that's a, uh, it's only a third of the season that you're going to be struggling with it. And uh, good Aaron Ola is better than all of these guys, I think. Um, but it's just, it's a, it's a tough wait right now. Like how, when are we going to see it and how good is it going to be to sway it? Um, you know, how good is the good going to be to overweight the bad? Yes. Um, I, I, you know, I, I keep, I feel like I talk about this phrase each week and I don't know how you feel about the phrase, but a a buy low sort of. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, I I would say he is the best one because this is. I generally avoid that phrase because buy low or sell highs and stuff are typically for guys that people just won't respect. Mm. You know, like, you know, I'm trying to deal you a Will Smith in our league and it's like not enough to like actually do anything that, you know, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I shot my shot and of course I wasn't going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, dear listener, (laughs) the the response I got for I'm interested in Will Smith is give me Randy a Rosarina. Because I didn't like anyone else that I wanted for Will Smith. So I was like, all right, Randall Grichik would be fine. I don't want Randall Grichik. Why not? Randall Grichik's been very good. Yeah, but George Springer's going to be coming back. So for how long? Till he farts and goes back in the aisle. I'm not giving you Will Smith for Randall Grichik. All right, fine. The talks continue. You know what's funny? I actually, I kind of wanted to do this. I was thinking about this last night in bed. And it was like, uh, let's just let the readers determine it. I mean, the listeners, let them tell us what the fair trade is. Oh, I already told them what that is, though. (laughs) What, Randy or Rosarena? Yeah, it's not a fair trade. It's like, no, no, no. But I'm saying, I'll list my outfielders, I'll list the people on my team. I don't think it's a fit. No, no, no. Oh, you don't think there's anything there that matches? I mean, that's a a good point. Sure, we'll we'll post. So you want an outfielder, right? Uh, I, I did. So but, here are my outfielders. I mean, look at your team. Here are my outfielders. David, David Peralta, Tyler O'Neill, Tommy yeah, Pham, yeah. Juan Soto, Randall Grichik, right. and uh, Randy Orozarena. Right. I th- I, I, we'll let the listeners decide. You, the listeners can tell us you know, what's the fair deal. You know, I've won. Uh, I, I'm, I'm back in it. You are back in it. I know. I'm five and six now. I, I think I was like one in or like two in five or something like along those lines. I will say this. The PL Staff League is insanely close. Yes. Like, the, the standings are really, really tight. I, I think there's maybe, there really aren't any teams that are fully out of it, but, like, there are... There's one or two that might be. One. The, really one. All, every single team, like, is is three games back, essentially. Like, it, it's pretty wild. You are in what now? You're in I seventh. Am, I'm, I'm in one fifth. game behind you now. Yeah, I'm six and five, and you are five and six. Yeah. Yeah, put it this way. I'm six and five, and the second place team is six, four, so and one. I, I know no one wants to hear you talk about their leagues unless it's in this league, because that's the name of the podcast, and that's a great podcast with Welsh and the Bogman, I, which is wonderful. You guys should listen to it. But the thing about this league is that's relegation. Love it. So the bottom three and leave the league, except if you're Alex Fast during 2020. Yeah, I got lucky. A bunch of people dropped out, and I got I got saved. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, I cannot get relegated. You almost did last year. Mm, I got I, I came in eighth one year. Okay. Something uh, like that. Hopefully it doesn't happen to either of us, but the league is very tight, so anything could theoretically happening moving into and the And last year we weren't going to do any re- re- regulation. Relegation. Oh, relegation. That's right. Regulation. Oh, no, Nick. Let's move into Tier 7. We are looking at Dylan C., Shane McClanahan, Chris Paddock, Blake Snow. Zach Granke, Tarek Skubel, Frankie Montas, and Luis Castillo. What's it called? Why is it called that? Okay. Um, 
I want this to be. I want uh, call them the new kids. New kids. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot because of, it's a lot of fresh names. Yeah. Well, no, it's more of just uh, I get the feeling of them being like, "Hi, I'm I'm Shane McClanahan, and I'm going to be amazing." You know, and everyone's like, "All right, hi, Shane." And then there's uh, <laughs> Zach Ranky who's like, "Hello, fellow yeah. kids." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then there's like Blake Snell who does not talk to anyone. Yeah, we don't have to talk about him because I think we've talked about him repeatedly in the past couple of weeks. But Dylan Cease, this is, I don't know if it's been the largest drop he's had, but it's been one of the more considerable drops for him in the past couple of weeks. So I imagine a lot of people are going to see this. Come on, Nick, you can't grade him too harshly because he just didn't do well against the Astros. Well, yes, you're right, but the slider has been the thing for Dylan Cease this year. I mean, I've said this often where he has a slider command going, glove side, down away, Every single game, success, success, success. And then it just depends on the fastball there or the curveball or the changeup to show up in one game. Just one of the, something else to be there. And then he'll have success. This game against Houston, the slider, <gasps> gone. Yeah. It just wasn't there. And I'm worried that there's something that might stick here of no slider. If there's no slider for Cease, all the command problems. Then you desist. Return. Right. Yes. But yeah, let's well also not pretend that this is out of the blue. I mean, he had a six-run run game before. He had a, what, a uh, yeah, five-run run game before, and those were against the Yankees and then Cleveland. So it's not like it's completely out of the blue, this one blow-up. Very fair, but I believe in the six-start game, a six-run run game, he still had a slider. So that's even scarier. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it's like, ah, oh, whatever. Things didn't go right. Fine, fine, fine. But this is like, oh, no, you don't have your slider. Okay. And I, like, I will also say I'm okay with our occasional blow-up with Dylan C's. Like, this has been the story of it, and it's been pretty good for your fantasy teams. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a kind of a, a not a considerably wide gap between the two, between Pablo Lopez and, and Dylan Cease, but you also expect, like, Pablo Lopez is going to have a blow-up every once in a while. The frequency in which these Dylan Cease blow-ups have been happening has been a little bit more alarming, right? In his last, I think it's five starts, it's almost, it's a 4.65, no, it's a 4.65, what, ERA... Oh, no, I pulled up the wrong thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it, it's not been great in these past couple starts. I'm trying to f- uh, quickly finagle yeah. what these one, two, three, four, five. You, you got to help me vamp here, Nick. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, I'm and, sorry. And I thought, take I thought, over I while I do this, <laughs> and you're just literally leaving me to flounder on, Okay, I, I essentially want to just confirm the fact that yes, Cease did have a slider against the Yankees and Cleveland, but there okay. was no other compliment, right? That's the, that's the issue when it's bad before. This was a start where there wasn't anything. Sure. And that's more terrifying to me. It's a 5.5 ERA in those past uh, five starts, but a 3.82 FIP. So there's a little bit of, of, of hope yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting. It doesn't really matter to me who sees faces as long as the slider is there or not. So or the, the slider is there or not fine, and then like give me one other thing too. Shane McClanahan rises yeah. 10, 41. Man, pitch six innings. It That's finally, all we want to see. It finally happened fast. I mean, really, uh, like there's no reason to move on more because we know the stuff is there. It's exciting yeah. to watch. Now, it's just a matter of The minutes. question is, yeah, we don't know if it's just because it was against Seattle. He was 87 pitches. He didn't go over 90. I, I, you know me, I don't like relying on, uh, on, on opposing teams, but man, man Seattle oh, is man. making Wait, a really good case. You don't like case. relying on the opposing teams at you all? You know this. I know. You, you like, you push back on the whole schedule thing. That I, I do. just don't love it. I don't yeah. love it. It's I, I, I understand and but you know what? Let me be one of the people in the industry who doesn't love it. Yeah, right? sure, it's, sure, it's sure. on my favorite thing. Uh Chris Paddock rises six to forty two. I believe that's twenty strikeouts for him in his last two starts. So it's kind of interesting. Okay. The uh the first one, so the nine strikeout game. Against the Mets, I, I think. I uh, you might be right there. His fastball velocity was up to ninety seven. Amazing. This mm. was this was the start that I had not seen Chris Paddock do this well with his fastball since two thousand nineteen. Right? 
really excited. Goes and has 11 strikeouts, which is great. Fastball was down to 95 and change, 95.5. So not as ridiculous, but the the changeup was so good. Yep. I mean, kept that ball down. Fastballs were up. I mean, it was exactly the thing. So I'm encouraged by Paddock, but you know the rule of three here, right? And I don't always listen to it. I feel like I should more. Uh, you know, the first one's a suggestion, exception. Second one's a suggestion. Third one's confirmation, right? Mm-hmm. So we've seen two. From Paddock. I really hope that you just give me that one more and maybe I can actually start pushing you up further up. For those curious, that's probably going to happen because the next start is against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Wait, wait, well, hold on a second, Fast. I said for those curious, I just want people to know. Okay. Just because I feel that way doesn't mean I don't want people to know. Okay, so you don't care that's the Diamondbacks? Um, no. I mean, the Diamondbacks are obviously mired in a terrible losing streak, but they also put up eight earned runs against the Dodgers yesterday. So it's not like they're a terrible offense. I just think they're a team that is drastic. That team is yeah. not that record. That team is better yeah, yeah, yeah. than that record. But they are a pretty bad offense. They're Especially against terrible. Right, they're, they're better against lefties than righties. Sure, that's fine. I just don't think they're terrible. Do I think Chris Paddock can have continued success against them? 100%. I did think it was impressive that I think it was tied for the second most whiffs on his changeup ever. I think that was 11. Uh, I remember. A 10 or, or 11. Yeah. It was definitely double digits. I think it was 11. Uh, but that was, that. Like, that was the thing for me that it was like, oh, yeah, okay, now we really might be able to get to see the Chris Paddock that we thought that we were going to be able to see, which is really interesting. Yeah, it was 11 whiffs on that changeup, uh, which tied his career high. One thing, too, uh, the day before, this cracked me up, and then I couldn't really laugh about it because he sadly went on the IL. Joey Lucchese. Oh, man. Casey, what? all of a sudden did it. He like he was a really good all of a sudden. I know, but he had more strikeouts than whiffs. Oh yeah, well I talk about this in the. Uh, That's insane. I say this inside the inside the roundup. Like, oh, you it's did. Just, it's weird. It's like what? That's not I, supposed I, to so happen. Rare, yeah. I think it happens like one every fifty starts or so. So like, yeah. or maybe like one every hundred or so. It w- I, I felt it's bad weird. because I felt like he was getting into a groove. He also that game was just two pitches, which was pretty insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You should, I mean, it sounds like you round the 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 roundup for him. Uh, I made him the lead, oh, making friends with Joey. Oh no, he, he he was one of the guys I focused on on the first pitch podcast. Oh look at you! I don't read the roundup that day because I don't want to like you know I want people to have those different perspectives. Sure. Oh, no, I'm serious. I really don't. I, it's the same reason why I, I don't watch the Twitch stream. I'm just giving you a hard time. You know? Can <laughs> someone please pick me up? Uh, Luis Castillo. <laughs> Luis Castillo rises 8 to 46. Are we finally seeing a turnaround? Yeah, Can people trust him? Maybe. I mean, he's, he's throwing hard, 98, and I do think that the warm weather helps Castillo. I think we really need to embrace that moving forward. Okay. Um, 98 miles per hour again, throwing 100 for Luis Castillo. I change up is uh, it was really good at first and then it didn't get whiffs as it kept going on and he really needs that change up because the Padres bats were jumping on fastballs mm. um, and he allowed all three runs and two earned one unearned on a Will Myers change up three two I think it was that was lofted up and the typical Castillo change up would have gotten him he was on his front foot and he just poked it to right field and it went for a little league home run and it's frustrating to see that but it's Ah, uh, he's really close. Yeah, I can't quite say like, oh no, no, this is it. Like, and really, until I see a double-digit strikeout, I'm uh, sorry, whiff game from that changeup, I, I can't really get there. You know, it's crazy that we're even talking about that. Um, I want to move on to the next tier because we're already we're already getting there. We might go a little bit long in this podcast. Yep. I, I, you know, this is a little unfair. I like to try and catch you off guard here because you're always talking about pitching all day, and you got a little fair warning on this one, and that's it's going to be involved in tier I'm eight. Sorry for reading your tweets. 
Yeah. Well, if you only read the notes as much. Um, tier eight here, Aaron Savali, Jose Arquiti, Luis Garcia, Kyle Hendricks, Anthony Discofani, Adam him. Wainwright. I had nothing that I was doing. <laughs> no, exactly. Were you streaming six hours? No. What is this What is this uh, 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 tier called? Oh, right, I got to give that? a tier name. All right, wait. Oh, you, you just even said the name. I know all of them, you? so you're totally done. <laughs> <laughs> you got to come up with it right now. Oh, man. I have like a whole school theme today. Um, this is, oh, God. Uh Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. They are the, um, I have it, I have it in my head. They are the, sh- the Sharknadoes. Okay, why? Because what does it do with school? No, I'm trying to move away from it. Oh, I okay, had it in my okay, head. Sorry. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. <laughs> everything has everything to do with school. <laughs> Sharknadoes! <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it's called that because it's the B movies. They aren't A-list stars. Okay, very um, interesting. But they, but they're entertaining. So we're gonna have to, we're gonna start off then by yeah, having and t- you. And all of a sudden, you see Tara Reid in there. Like there's Adam Wainwright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is bizarrely apt. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have you start off by defending yourself. Why is Aaron Savale over Luis Garcia? Yeah. Okay. So I might be wrong about this one, and you know, I didn't really give too much thought to Luis Garcia this time around. Um, with every list, I can't just sit there and be like, I need to do my 30-minute analysis or whatever on every single no, guy. of course. So, and I, Garcia, I probably should have done a little bit more on, because he did recover over the weekend. It wasn't a very good start. Um, and I didn't really, um, and well, there was one blip. There was one blip that kind of looked like it might have been like the turn away. Sure. And then I think he just came back. I think it was against the White Sox over the weekend. Um, Garcia's been great. The slider, the cutter have been both been fantastic pitches. Aaron Savali, though, I think you'd agree with me, has this untapped potential. That is just so enticing, and the fact that he goes over a hundred pitches, yes, so often is, is like it's like this perfect foundation to really come into his own. And I feel like it's a better opportunity for the long haul than it is with Luis Garcia, and that's why I have him listed uh, at forty-eight while Garcia is at fifty. I understand those that are like, look, Garcia is is doing just so well, and I want to go with him instead. I get it. I think everyone can agree though that there is this. Um, Understanding that Savali will get more opportunities through the year uh, to succeed, and that cutter and curveball are both really good. The curveball still gets a massive CSW, and the the, the cutter is just getting tons of effective strikes. But the four seamer is like way underneath ten percent swinging strike rate, and it's supposed to be used as that pitch to mm-hmm. be like up elevated high heater. And Savali's not quite doing that, and it, it's too kitchen sink at the moment for Savali. And I I still believe so much that if you just went sinker or fastball as like a surprise strike use the cutter as your primary fastball and then curveballs all day this would work and maybe throw in a, a random little changeups and, and sliders fine sure but if you really go into one two punch of cur- cutters and curveballs like this could work uh so he's at 48 he does drop 17 because yeah he feels more like a toby than he does that that top 30 guy well he's also why i you know he kind of encapsulates the bone to pick that i have with picking up Matchups, right? Because Baltimore are the two teams. Baltimore is the team that has gotten him twice now, right? These are two like he goes into a Baltimore start twice. And you're like, yeah, Baltimore's a weird exception these days, though. They're like massively scorching hot. Yeah, Cedric Mullins and Ryan Mountcastle have been absolutely fantastic. But overall, if you're looking at Baltimore, you're not like ah, I'm not going to start a middling guy against them. You know what I mean? You're starting guys against Baltimore. Majority, if they're in the top fifty, you're starting these guys against sure. Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it has been it has been bizarre too that the guys who have burned Aaron Savali over. 
the course of the year are, oddly enough, the rookies. Akil Badu was the first home run career home run. Jared Kalenic, I think, first career home run off Aaron Savali. Younger guys like Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, as we already brought up. And then this is also why I think Seattle can still be the exception to the rule because that game was dominant. But the reason I was more excited about that game is because the curveball looked like it was what it should be, mm-hmm. right? And and it, and it wasn't really there. But I, I, I wanted to say the reason that I choose Luis Garcia, for those listening who are curious. I choose Luis Garcia. I choose him is better swing strike rate, better K percentage, better ERA, better FIP. Papa John's. Virtually the exact same whip. I think Aaron Zavalli has a 1.06 while Luis Garcia has a 1.07. But I wanted to bring up uh, Garcia because I I actually think he could be in, like, rookie of the year running for Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, he has not 12 starts now without giving up more than three earned runs. Yeah. Uh, first start. This was the first start in which he's given up more than six hits, and he gave up That's seven so to the White Sox. So he has yet to walk more than two in any of his starts, and I believe the cutter that he has has like a twenty-six or twenty-seven. Maybe it was even twenty-eight percent swinging strike rate. Yeah, like I've seen twenty-five at, on it. Yeah, but twenty-five. It's still, yeah, twenty-five. It's still great. That's insane. Yeah. It's his secondary pitch. He's thrown 237. He's throwing a 25% swing strike rate on that pitch. That's unbelievable. Well, you're forgetting the slider that has a 40% CSW. That is unbelievable. Yeah. It, Crazy. It's, it, 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 I don't know how the, uh, the you know, the Astros that keep doing it with these young guys, they haven't <laughs> been consistent, but it's it's amazing. So I say the biggest knock that, that I have on Garcia is I don't really love his heater. Yeah, that's fine. It gets hit. It's I, th- a, I think it's a pretty mediocre one. It's actually, you know, this is pretty funny. You're comparing him to Aaron Savali. Garcia is the most Cleveland pitcher on that team. Because it's poor heater. And yeah, and then else. two, like, two good secondaries. Yeah, it's funny. I don't think he has a single pitch aside the heater that's over. No, he has one. Every other pitch is a below 200 Woba. Uh, and then the fastball, I think, is like three-something. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. very good. And, yeah. I mean, the changeup is fine. I mean, it has its moments where it like, comes out. But it really, to me, Garcia, it's about that cutter and the slider. Yeah. And those have been doing really well. And, yeah, I mean, as I live with this, I, I could be very much underrating Luis Garcia. And I do know if you have Luis Garcia, you are not letting him go. You're starting him all the time. And, yeah. I, and I think that's the thing, too, where it's like I, I feel like I don't – I mean, listen, I have my own little bubble on Twitter, and that's it, and I could be totally wrong. But I feel like I just don't care about him a lot. He's yeah. like a guy right, that's right, really right. performing quite well. So he's at 70 innings now. Mm-hmm. Um, how many – do we expect another 70? Do we expect uh, less than that? I mean, what are the uh, the Astros right now are in a six-man. Yep. It does seem if there is someone that they're going to hold back from now, it would be him. I mean, you could theoretically make a case that it's Jaco DeRizzi, but they got to get Christian Javier back in there at some point. Yeah, I mean, I think they want to win games, and I don't think Christian Javier is going to necessarily give him the best opportunity to do that. I think it's a fantastic and very, very valid point considering he threw what? Uh, uh, he I threw mean, about uh, probably under... 30 innings overall between, I don't know if he went and got stretched out in the alternate site, but he sure. threw 12 innings last year. 2019, he threw about 100 innings, and he's 30 innings away from 100 innings right now, so you're right. Like At some point, they're going to do something. Considering what they've done with the colors in the past, you're right. I'd be very surprised if they right. let this kid get over like 150 innings. Yeah, yeah. It's it's And the Christian Javier, I'm surprised you're like that adamant. They want to win games. I'm like, well, Christian Javier's been really good. And we've also seen in the past guys that like are doing really well just stop throwing, and we're like, what? Yeah. You know, didn't he struggle with his command for a little while? Though? I, I mean, thought he was kind of like kinda, walking dudes left and right. Does, but that doesn't mean that he's been bad this year. I mean, what, what where is Marks? You got him in front of him. Yeah, he's got an eleven percent walk rate. Sure, uh, but yeah, he has a three point oh six ERA. But that also, I think a lot of that is yeah, he's got four four games coming out of relief. Yeah, I mean, all, a near four walk per nine is is that's startling. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not great. So his last four appearances have all been sort of in long relief, two walks. Oh, he's three. got he's got a six walk game. 
Uh, yeah, he has that, a, that's, that's messing it up. No, but he's also got three walks and three innings in that in that well, relief yeah, appearance you, against Boston. Look, I, um, Alex Fink, Thinkfast has arrived. Okay. Right? You go from relief to starting into relief or whatever. You go back and forth. It's a different thing. Yeah. You know, your mentality with it, uh, your anxiety levels, all of a sudden you're thrown in situations and you got to succeed, you know? Mm. It's totally different. Listen, if you are, it's six walks against the Rangers. That's Walker, Texas Ranger, my friend. And that is poor. Did you see the bomb that Joey Gallo hit, though? It oh, was, it was oh, majestic. It was, oh, my <laughs> They, they started the, the 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 sound of the natural before the ball landed. <laughs> did they? No, they did yeah, not. Yeah, they did. I, I kid you not, and it's so beautiful. I That's love that amazing. they did. It, it made the whole presentation gorgeous. It was, we didn't know where it's going to go. Where is it going to go? Da-da-da. Oh, it was great. Uh, speaking of something that's been really great, Adam Wainwright, another guy. T- really? He is number 10 in FIP in the last yeah. 30 days. He rises so. 17 to 53. He won't go away. Very, very clearly. Adam Wainwright is is a curveball cutter guy now. Yeah. That's just what he does. And he had a stretch where the cutter just wasn't good. And what do you know? Wainwright wasn't good then. But, hey, what do you know? 11 strikeouts, 7 innings against Atlanta. There you go. Cutter was back. Curveball's been great the entire time. I should have guessed curveball for uh, for Adam Wainwright before. Yeah. That, that uh, but, uh, but, yeah, those two pitches have been great for Wainwright. And, yeah, he's going to be productive as long as that happens. I am not willing to bet that, every, you know, 70% of starts, he's going to have curveball and cutter. I think it's going to be closer to 50. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, if you have Adam Wainwright, you are not letting him go right now. And I understand that. And I, I you know, I showcase it on the list. That makes sense. Uh, let's move on to the next tier, which is tier nine. And oh, we are no. looking at uh, another kind of small tier. Alec Manoa, Kent Maeda, Alex Wood, Wade Miley, Patrick Sandoval, Jake Odorizzi, and Adbert Alzale. What's it called? Why is it called that? It's called uh, Arlene's Grocery. Okay. One of um, my favorite venues in yeah, the city. It's, it's, a, it's a venue where it houses bands that uh, we think should be great and everyone should know them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're not big yet. Okay. You know? And then we think, like, there's some qualities of these bands we like. Yeah. Right? So, Kenta Maeda, now he's like, uh-oh, I got a, huh, I haven't put out a good album in years. Well, hold on. So, <laughs> this guy's given up three run runs over his last night. I know, and he's, he's doing his practice gigs before the tour, okay? He drops five. Why is he no, dropping five? I know. He drops five because his slider and his changeup both have not been there in, in respective starts. He faced uh, weak opponents. Mariners I know you don't buy Rangers, this. Yeah. And the Mariners, uh, he didn't have a slider. And he, then in, against the Rangers, he didn't have his changeup. And in neither start did he have good fastball command. He powered through it, I guess. He didn't dominate, really. I mean, he survived, but he didn't just go, oh, my God, it's Kenta Maeda. Wow. You know, he was like, all right, you know, I did enough to, to take down these offenses. Mm-hmm. But he really dropped. I don't think I actually, like, brought him down. I needed to increase uh, Descofani, Wainwright. Uh, I needed to give some love to Luis Castillo, um, who I think was underneath him before. It was just one of those things like, all right, Hendricks needed to go above. I was like, okay. Like, Kenta Maeda didn't really touch you, but here you are, I guess, and this feels weird, but there it is. One of the biggest risers in this tier is Patrick Sandoval, who jumps up 13, who feels like mm. he just keeps throwing these surprises. This past week, it was all these career-high curveball usage, throwing all oh, yeah. these first-pitch yeah. strike yeah, curveballs. You were, you were messaging me, Nick, he used a curveball. I'm like, Every every yeah yeah it's great. insane. Yeah, yeah, cool. I mean that was that I am gonna be very curious to see if that curveball usage sticks because hey mm. man I you know me I'm a sucker for first pitch curveballs he oh. executed it perfectly. It was like what eleven or was so eleven call strikes? Uh, no, it was uh, eight. Uh, he threw eleven first pitch curveballs. Uh, eight were resulted in strikes. That's wonderful. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. I, I want to make a shirt that's just says thirty two whiffs. 
Because <laughs> that's what, yeah, because he has Like, the, no one has done it. Yeah. He's the only one this year who's gone above 30 whiffs. He keeps appearing on these on these, on these these weird top 10 lists because I believe the amount of called strikes he got on his curveball was also, like, top three this year. Oh, yeah. He has he got 10 uh, called strikes out of 16 thrown that's on his curveball. unbelievable. <laughs> that was against the Tigers. It's so good. I mean, he's typically not, yeah, not as you mentioned, he's not a curveball guy, but 35% called strike rate on it this year with 10% usage. His slider has a 40.5% CSW. Good God. As has 22% swing strike rate, 19% called strike rate. And really the, the beauty is the 34% swinging strike rate <laughs> on his changeup. That is insane. That he throws a third of the time. But that's what's also kind of so maddening about it is that you would think like, okay, here come a bunch of strikeout games. But then he goes, these are his strikeout games in the past six starts he's made. Two. Oh, then he goes three. Then he goes four. <laughs> up to ten. Back down to four. Up to nine again. Yeah. There's no consistency there whatsoever. Right. So, so the problem here is that he doesn't have a good fastball. Mm-hmm. And he throws it 44% of the time. And with what we just talked about with his changeup slider and curveball, you would hope that maybe the curveball, like in the last start, maybe he learned like, oh, I got to throw more of these curveballs. I got to get those early pitch strikes. Uh, in that last start, he only threw his four-seamer for 35% of the time. That's exciting. Good. Give me a third fastballs and give me everything else, two-thirds of change-up sliders and curveballs. I'm encouraged by that. Slider, we didn't even mention in that when he threw it only, only 13 of those, 16% of the time. Guess what? 54% CSW. Man. So, I mean, it's it's very exciting with the Irish Panada, not the Irish Panada. Yes, Because I put it out as the birth of the Irish Panada, which mm. I think is hilarious. <laughs> I think it's so funny, and anytime he does badly, what do we say? Blame Panada. <laughs> We're moving on to Tier 10. Casey Mize, Ross Stripling, J.D. Brubaker, Andrew Heaney, Rich Hill, Domingo Herman, Zach Eflin, Jordan Montgomery, Logan Gilbert. I want to focus on the largest riser and the largest follower. We'll start with the largest riser, and that is Ross Stripling, who jumps up 37 spots from 99 to 62. What the heck is... What is the name of this tier? <laughs> I don't. What I, I know you didn't ask, but I got to give a name. We'll for call this it tier. the Pollock. Why? Because it's just a smattering of names. Not Nick Pollock, Jackson Pollock. Just a nice smattering of red, blue, and green. You don't get to do this. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. This is um. They're going in opposite directions. So, okay, the Scarecrow. No, no, no. I'm I'm gonna call it. Scarecrow. Yeah, because well, he you can go this way or that way, and he crosses his arms left and right. Oh, I like that. I was gonna give it like the the, the salute because like when your two cars passing each other, you go oh, hi. Okay, great. Yeah. You know, like or if from, you're a Jeep uh, owner, you do that weird thing like and you wave your two fingers. You know, this is when I wish that we were still actually live streaming and I didn't mess it up, <laughs> so people can actually see that. I've never seen that in my well, life. Yeah, you're not really you're the doing like driver. I know, but I know things. <laughs> There's like you do like the rock on thing is what you're doing. Yeah, that's what Jeep owners do when they pass Why? each other. That's just a weird Why thing. Why if you're a Jeep owner do they say, hey, here's the car, and by the way, we gotta teach you something. You know if you have to ask, then you can't buy the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, they're going in opposite directions. So I'm thinking of like that meme from the Umbrella Academy where they're in two separate cars going in opposite directions. And so that's what we got here. Ross Stripling jumped 37 spots to 62. Why? So if you remember last week, I had Ross Stripling there being like, this is kind of interesting if he has opportunity, but like he's got to get the secondaries in order. And my God, mm. did they? Mm. They were fantastic. And all of a sudden, guess what? He has such a good schedule ahead. And I know you don't care about schedule. Who cares? Well, okay. Instead of facing like the Red Sox and maybe the White Sox or something like that, if he's facing maybe the Tigers and he's facing, you know, that that's Mariners. a difference. 
that's a, that's a good difference. You sure. Know? Yes. So I, I acknowledge. That. So that's that's how Ross Stripling is going now, and uh, I want him in all my leagues. So what about Rich Hill, who is the biggest faller in this tier? Obviously, back to back starts against both Baltimore and Seattle. Baltimore, we can apparently rule out because they can be dangerous sometimes. But then Seattle, yeah, they're the third team in the league that. against lefties. Oh, yeah. Baltimore. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Mm, very interesting. I'm trying, I'm trying, that's your boys. Those are my boys. You should, you should know this. Those are my boys. Yeah. Um, uh, Rich Hill, back to back four and run starts. I just said that. Yeah, I, I know. That's all I need to say, though. Yeah, okay. I know I know. you just said it. Don't worry. I'm not that kind of guy right now. He gets Boston <laughs> next, and it's like, oh, it's a little worrisome. I do think the skills are kind of still there a little bit, uh, but it's just not I'm like, all right, I feel worried, and I'd rather take a chance on Ross Dribbling in his schedule. Next week, we got to focus more on these back-tier guys, because who wants to hear about the top 50 as much as we did? So we're going to move on to t- uh, tier 11, which is a, a pretty formidable tier, so you better start thinking, because it's 11 guys, 11 friggin' names i got to read off. Patrick Corbin, Tony Gonsolin, Nathan Ivaldi, Dallas Keuchel, James Caprillion, Marco Gonzalez, Herman Marquez, Jamison Tyon, Alex Cobb, Griffin Canning, Dylan Bundy, Eduardo Rodriguez. It's the aquarium tier. Okay. Okay, so there are all these beautiful fish. <laughs> okay. And you want to go around and look at all of them, like, oh my God, there's there's Jameson Tyone and mm. and there's Patrick Corbin. And oh my God, Alex Tyone's Cuff. drowning. <laughs> <laughs> but right, but then at the same time, a lot of them are just another fish in the sea. Oh, that's actually quite poetic and beautiful and 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 uh, terrible in and of itself. So yeah. let's focus. What is Dylan Bundy doing? I know. So we'll focus on the biggest risers. He's and the biggest floundering. Fallers. He is. He is, and but that could be because of injury, or it might not be. Because he's a fish. Um, uh, Tony Gonsolin, he drops nine because of that shoulder injury. I believe, yeah, right? it, I mean there were other factors too, but I, we found out that the reason why he was only at forty-five to sixty pitches was because he has shoulder soreness, but not enough to get on IL stint. They're just being cautious. Who knows? So let's focus yeah. on the biggest risers and biggest followers. We'll we'll, uh, we'll start with the biggest follower, who is Bundy, who drops fifteen to number eighty. Is there anything particularly you want to talk he about? He just with him? went against the Tigers and couldn't do anything, and it's just like, all right, well. Then no. what's the point? Yeah. Listen, at this point, man, if there really is something wrong, put him on the IL. You have the six-man rotation for yeah. a reason. Just go with it. Yeah, uh, the, the DB levels are too high across uh, across the fantasy platforms. DB levels? Yeah, decibel. Like the decibel levels? Yeah, yeah okay. but it's Dylan Bundy. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Alex Cobb rises 14. He's just back because, you know, he ebbs and flows and the splitter's back. And the he's splitter's doing back, and yeah, there it is. Really nice schedule for the Angels in general right now. So I'm going to emphasize that. Okay. Uh, we're going to move on to tier 12 then. Oh, Cole well, Irvin. Well, Joe- I, will, I should mention Patrick Corbin plus 13. Oh, he wasn't the, the biggest riser? Oh, yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, okay. He yeah. wasn't the biggest riser because Cobb was 14. So yeah, what yeah. about Patrick Corbin? I mean, Patrick Corbin, two straight starts now, dominating. But the slider <laughs> whiffs are not there yet. However, 92.5 on the fastball velocity is cool. I was thinking about it because Patrick Corbin, obviously, we've been back and forth on, right? You yep. had him way high up, and I was like, I don't think this necessarily means that he's back. Then he fell back down. So I think 70 is where he really should be. I think he was kind of, we've adjusted and gone back and so forth. So you think he stays at 70 the rest of the year? Not the rest of the year. I would be surprised if this is a guy who cracks the top 40. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think he's getting maybe even top 50. Well, he's not performing at a top 40 level right now. He's not, and I really don't know. I feel like I haven't seen enough for me to think like, oh, he's going to really start to string together a bunch of consistent yeah, starts. The and fact that, that good. the velocity is kind of staying up a little bit now is good, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, all right, so for the next tier, Cole Irvin, Joe Ross, Sam Long, Matt Manning, who makes his debut and appears at number 85, Mike Miner, Ryan Yarborough, Zach Thompson, another nice start. He rises 12 to 88, Brad Keller, and Johan Oviedo. What's it called? Why is it called that? The Golden Corral. Oh, okay. Because a little buffet? A, yeah, a little buffet. And it's not, you know, you don't go there being like, oh, my God, this is the most delicious meal I'm ever going to have. <laughs> yeah. But there are some things, and they're like, you know what? All Ooh, right. This was good. Yeah, Zach Thompson, you're not a bad cutter. And that sure. was kind of interesting. I don't know if the Marlins are going to let him start in yeah. only like four innings, but you know what? 
That's kind of a cool cutter, and he pitches decently, you know, with his command. That's kind of cool. Sam Long, that's a nice curveball. That's a nice curveball. Matt Manning, uh, there's some nice sheen there. Maybe not cooked quite through yeah, enough Yeah, not, not Charlie. A little raw. Not Charlie but, Sheen. Not Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, well, um, well, you want Martin Sheen more than Charlie Sheen. Um, yes. Don't tell me which of the sheens <laughs> I want. Okay. Well, do you want old Charlie Sheen? Okay. Isn't yeah. Emilio Estevez actually a sheen? Uh, he is a sheen. Yeah, so I'll take him. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's Tarek, Tarek Skubal because it's the whole cast <laughs> yes. of Tigers. Tarek Skubal is Emilio yeah, Estevez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we cannot we can get to that. Uh, let, let's let's do this then. Rather than talking about the biggest risers and biggest fallers, I think a lot of people are going to be really excited to hear your thoughts about a guy who did make his debut this past week. He did make his debut on this list at number 85, and that that's not Matt Manning. That's not a really high debut for a guy who's got some yeah, well, prospect status to yeah, him. Yeah, prospect status, but I think anyone that watched that game was very unimpressed. Uh, ben Palmer did a fantastic give breakdown on it, uh, and the fastball was, it, it should have been more punished. You know, mm. it, it's one of those things that I guess there might have been something to it that the Angels weren't able to capitalize a ton on it. Uh, but also the secondary stuff, I and mean, we've talked about the curveball for ages on oh, Matt Manning's curveball, this kind of stuff, it was fine. You know, there, there's nothing really in that in that repertoire that really gets me going. I will say this about rookies in general. Uh, they really need to impress because, in, for the most part, rookies are going to stumble more than old, the veterans, guys who have been in the league for a bit. They're going to go through ups and downs a sure. lot more. Uh, so there needs to be some legitimate ceiling, something that really brings them in, us in, to say that it's worth dealing with the bumps because of that ceiling. Okay. And when you have Manning that doesn't really have that stuff in the secondary, you know, the, the utility belt, then it's like, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I will say, I agree with that. I will say it's been really fun watching what that staff is doing with these young arms, with Casey mm-hmm. Mize and Turk Skubal, and it gets me even more excited for Matt Manning, whereas a couple years ago I would have been like, is that Detroit team really going to turn him into something sure. noticeable? Um, there, so that Yeah, he needs more. He does, you know, he does need a little bore. And uh, for those curious about what his next starts, it's looking like St. Louis, uh, followed by the uh, by Cleveland. So uh, yeah, St. Louis is a little scary. Obviously, it, it could work. I mean, St. Louis isn't the most threatening. It's pretty actually even or average, I should say, as far as a matchup goes. But look at you uh, <laughs> talking about schedule again. I, like I said, I, like I said, I, know, I am acknowledge that people uh-huh, care about uh-huh. it, so I'm not going to deprive sure, sure, them sure, of sure. that. The last tier here uh, is filled with a lot of a lot of new guys. So it's tier 13: Pavetta, Cueto, Potit, uh, Martin Perez, Drew Smiley, Dane Dunning, who actually leads a rookie. I don't know if it's rookie pitchers or all AL rookies in war, which is kind of bizarre. Carlos Martinez, Brady Singer, Quang Young Kim, and Caleb Smith. So the new risers, I'm not even going to read all the names uh, uh, because there's a lot of them. The only non-new risers are Pavetta, Dunning, and Singer. Everyone else had been unranked before. So, uh, listen, I'm not going to make you break down every single one of these. I can unranked. do it very quickly. You, you think very you, oh, just yeah, the yeah. unranked guys? Yeah, I got you. Let's do it. Um, well, first of all, it's, it's the broken chain link fence tier. Okay. Because it just let everybody in. <laughs> <laughs> Except for John Lester, who we're going to get to in a second. I don't care about John. Like, you, you I have no faith. I, I, well, I'm going to get to him in a second. Go ahead. Hey, someone did in the Twitch chat just did say John Lester. Yeah, it was me, you dingus. Oh, that was you? Yeah. Oh, then I don't care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who, tell me about these unranked All guys. right. Uh, Johnny Cueto's swing strike rate on his fastball is 14.5%. On his fastball? Yes. So it's just about the secondary stuff has got to come in, but there's something interesting there. Uh, Cody Poteet, yeah, he just did poorly coming back, but whatever. He did okay before, and as you mentioned, the war stuff. So mm-hmm. and there's some value there that's, that could work. Martin Perez, two good starts in the row, could get a win for the Red Sox. Drew Smiley is, I mean, he's still Drew Smiley, but somehow that kind of works sometimes, and that's something. 
chain link fence. Uh, Carlos Martinez just let Adrian runs, but whatever. He's had moments of of bliss, and okay. he's, and he has at times a very nice slider and changeup that will turn out to be good sure. starts. Sure, John Lester replaced Carlos Martinez in '97. Th- by all means, there we go. I Quan, Quan and Kim <laughs> um, at '99. He did just throw 47 pitches, but before that was over 100. It's very weird to see him under 50. And actually, in the past, he's thrown like 47, then thrown 100. So he could all of a sudden become a solid guy for the Cardinals. Good slider to him. True. And Caleb Smith at 100. I'll take it all day. I don't need to hear anything about him. Yeah, well, um, he just doesn't have a secondaries yet. 92 mile per hour is fastball again, so maybe that's interesting. That is very just interesting. Get, get the changeup and slider back. The reason why I thought John Lester should be on there instead of Carlos Martinez is because John Lester is in the midst of a Vargas role. And I think people how, should take how advantage. Many, how many games? Five consecutive starts with three earned runs or fewer. Highest swinging strike rate on his changeup since 2016. Lowest WOBA and batting average against on the changeup of his career. That's wild. It also comes with a very low 166 Babbitt, but we're talking about a guy that should be... Yeah, 97. Yeah, exactly. Who should be ridden for this this Vargas rule here. Sub-3 ERA in those five starts, mid-4 FIP, obviously a little bit scarier. But I'm saying... I'm okay, just saying okay. it's a Vargas rule. All right. Is it, though? So so you want to talk about his last five starts is what you want to do. You want do to, I? No, no, well, here's the thing. Because, like, this is – this is a, I remember a friend of mine told me about this. About He read a book about statistics now that they lie. And, uh, <laughs> and essentially, anytime someone says across his last X starts, uh-huh. that means if you add one more, it's bad. Oh, the, oh, okay, great. Yeah, right. So, like, you did across poor. his last five starts. Well, his last seven starts, then that's eleven hundred runs in the two previous starts. <laughs> okay, then so fine, fine. You want to do last five? So the inning totals on his last five starts, four. Yep, five. So, oh, I'm so happy he had one hundred run in four innings. I uh, five point two, three point two when he had four walks and four hits. That is not a Vargas rule. That is a bad start. I I would not have wanted to start him. Against the Rays in that one. Okay. Fine. 5.1 innings in two runs with two strikeouts against the Pirates. Then, yes, he just had a nice start against the Mets. This was like the one start like, oh, okay. This is That's a true Vargas rule. Look, look. If you're not going six innings with any consistency, which he's not. Last one before this was May 12th for John Lester. Okay. <laughs> and he, last time he also got five strikeouts or more. Yeah. Was May 6th. So My I mean, birthday. It's <laughs> a lovely birthday. <laughs> so I mean, this is a you know, and then he pitched on my birthday against your Orioles and got six earned runs in four innings. Of course, so he likes you more. But that's what I'm getting at with John Lester. I understand why it's like okay. Do you, I don't know if this is a true Vargas rule because it's not like oh no, if you had started him, you would have been happy each way through. Like no, it's really just the last two. I mean, even one, like it was a seven base runners and five point one innings against the Pirates with only two strikeouts. It's like that's a dusty donut. This is absolutely okay. perfect. This is the perfect way to end the podcast. This no, is no. everything. So I'm not going to get of, a final word. No, yeah. no, no. Everything just kind of wraps up perfectly because it's kind of your methodology versus my methodology. Okay. Oh yeah, Mets versus Pirates. There you go. No, no, no. John yeah, Lester. John yes, Lester's John Lester. next start. Okay. And I want to know if you're streaming him or not. Okay. Oh God. Because matchups matter. Yeah. Is against the Miami Marlins. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> who have the fifth worst WOBA yeah, this, against lefties. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> um, that's a desperate stream. <laughs> okay, I'll take, I would, I'll I would, take. like, I do my daily streaming rankings. Okay. I will probably put John Lesser at the top of the final tier. I'll take it. Right, that's so a small that's, victory. Uh, you know what the name of that tier is? The bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> Do not start fast. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I'm going to call it now, <laughs> the bad boys. <laughs> D-A, 
B-A-B-O-I-Z. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's perfect. That's going to do it for episode number 264 of On the Court of the Official Pitcherless.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week.